0: This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
1: Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. Warning, this episode contains some swear words and a lot of Barnaby Joyce. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, how are you? I'm good, Maddie. Um, We are back (sighs) remotely recording, although Mm. we are both still in Brisbane. Ironically,
1: yes. Mm. Uh, In the same city, can't be in the same room. Because as you
0: all bloody well know by now,
1: most of Australia is in lockdown. So that's nice.
0: And also Maddie is quite ill, so I wouldn't be going over there anyway. No,
1: I'm really sick. So stay away, please. Not the spicy cough. I got my test. That's all good. Yes, that's
0: good. And hopefully yeah. not not pneumonia, but we'll find out.
1: Hopefully not. Yeah. Um Woo! just you know, the standard working with young people illnesses you get. Yeah. Kids are so, gross. Yeah. Bless them, but mm. disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, so if I sound a bit <laughs> funky. That is why. Uh, all right. I'm excited for this one. We're shooting from the hip a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Because it's all a bit fast and loose and very relevant, mm. <laughs> which is fun. And some,
0: some very recent history, which is also fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So some ancient history and some stuff that is unfolding around us, and I'm sure mm. we'll continue to. Um, so we might have to do an update at some point, but I'm ready to go. Barnaby Thomas Gerard Joyce.
0: Wow. Okay. Didn't know the middle name.
1: (laughs) Was born on the 17th of April, 1967 in Tamworth, New South Wales, Australia. He's younger than
0: my parents. Has he been left out in the sun?
1: I actually do have intel on why his face looks the way it does. And we will get to that shortly, which is very exciting. Yep. He is a fifth-gen farming family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barnaby is one of eight children working in um, cattle and sheep property, mostly the family, mm-hmm. in Woolbrook in southern New England. Um, his family actually ended up moving to Queensland because they liked Joe Yoko-Peterson. Oh,
0: that's quite telling, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it sets up the tale. Mm. Well, it gives you a lot of context. Yeah. Um, Barnaby himself told this story on Annabelle Crab's kitchen cabinet, which I watched rewatched recently for this episode and will mm-hmm. refer to a few times. And he basically explained that his family were excited by the idea of Joe Yorker Peterson because he believed in regional development. Okay. And actually built a lot of stuff and left the treasury full. And so they moved to be a part of that Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) from barnabyjoyce.com.au his official website Mm -hmm. it says always a keen rugby player barnaby proudly threw on the jersey for saint Abbey's college at une which is where he went to university where he counts three premiership appearances one lost front tooth distended spleen 28 stitches across his face fractured ribs, and a partially popped shoulder among his firm memories from his time on the paddock.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, there you go.
1: Yeah, there's your answer. He has been out in the sun. <laughs> He's been in the sun and his face has been absolutely
0: smashed to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Goodness me.
1: <sighs> yeah. He um, then becomes a banker accountant in St. George in Queensland and in that time he lived next to the National Party office.
0: Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. On and one or just Baxton?
1: Oh, look, cannot confirm nor deny, maybe a bit of column A, column B. Um, he walked down to the office one day, became a member, and then volunteered 10, 15 years as you do, you know, handing out how to vote cards, working on campaigns, being in member meetings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he is elected to the Federal Senate representing Queensland in 2004, winning the seat back from One Nation. Okay. Yeah, Barnaby is not a fan of one nation. He um, he often describes himself as a non like not xenophobic and and yeah he's a complicated, mm. bloody complicated man. Um, is
0: that when Pauline Hanson went to jail? Is that that sort of two thousand and four? Was that after after jail
1: times? Okay. Yeah, um, always forget about that. Yeah, you really do, and then you're like, mm. oh shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We'll do an episode on her one day. It might have to be a six-part special because there's so much to unpack. Uh, It's quite funny because like John Howard is potentially, so John Howard's, you know, prime minister at the time. John Howard is potentially not very keen on Barnaby Joyce and there's all of these stories about him being left out of campaign material
0: during that time.
1: And so John Howard was liberal and they were national, but obviously their partnership was a big that's a big thing that they push in those Mm. areas to get votes towards the you know the prime minister that they want to retain and yeah Barnaby was just not included in a lot of material like there'll be a random backbencher included instead (laughs) which I think is telling Mm. he talks about his first day in parliament on the job at like one of the first um liberal national party meetings and he like rocks up to the meeting and then he realizes that everyone kind of has their designated chair so it's like his first day at school where he's like oh I'm the new kid I don't know where to sit and he tells this story of like going up to John Howard and being like how does this joint work do you have allocated seating or something and John Howard goes yeah kind of sort of and Barnaby famously just went and grabbed a chair from the next room and apparently he still does to this day, in any kind of coalition party meetings, he just brings his own chair. Okay. Yeah. Then, Joyce,
0: yeah. I
1: mean, fair enough. Yeah. He's like, fine, <laughs> if you're going to be weird about it, liberals, <laughs> I'm bringing my own national party chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird, man. Um, so Joyce also fronted John Howard supposedly about the work choices campaign, which you might remember from that mm. 2007-8 um. Howard versus Kevin Rudd election and all of the drama around that. And he basically said that he thought it was a bad idea. He was like people like to see things being built when all of your argument is philosophical belief, they lose the plot. And so he he apparently really pushed against that. Mm. And then that John Howard famously did lose the following election, not just because of work choices, but that was a huge part of it. Yeah. During his time in the Senate, he would cross the floor 28 times, which is a huge deal. For those who don't know, crossing the floor is when you kind of split away from the party vote and you vote for the other side. So he's voting with the other team. Yeah, (laughs) which is significant. So he was Mm. kind of known, and that's probably also why him and Howard didn't have a great relationship. He was kind of known to stand up for his beliefs, Mm. um, even if they don't align with the party all the time. He also once, <laughs> and i will share a picture of this on socials, he once showed up to Parliament House in a tractor promoting
0: um, <laughs> promoting fresh fruit and veg over frozen veggies. Did he, okay, so did he have fresh fruit <laughs> and veg in the tractor, like, or is it just he, a tractor? Okay, so he rocks up in the tractor and he's got a shirt that
1: is white with green text and an Australia on it, and it says, Buy frozen, fresh Aussie veggies. So basically, he was like support the farmers, but there was no fruit or veg present. But there was a shirt.
0: There was a shirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. But so just it's a Parliament House.
0: Yeah, but where on the did, green? they bring the tractor on, like, the back of a truck or something and then he rode it a little way or did he drive I, the tractor a long way?
1: I imagine that that had to be the case. Surely. Like, yeah. Like Barnaby, he's not,
0: he's not driven it from Armadale, know. you know? No. All right, so he's, he's he's driven a tractor presumably a short distance to Parliament. Yep. Okay. I have no yep. follow-up questions. That's
1: okay. <laughs> you're just painting a picture. Yeah. He then becomes the National Party Senate leader in 2008 as well. Okay. So he's leading them. Um, in 2012 is when he does his interview with Annabelle Crabb on Kitchen Cabinet. She arrives at his door, mm-hmm. he like opens the door at his house in St. George, and she's like visibly pregnant. And he goes, who did that? I'll kill them for you. and she's like like, kind of stunned and taken aback and it's like Mm. what are you and but very like laughing it off in that Mm. female diplomatic journalist way yeah um she's like what are you talking about and he was like you're having a baby and she said I assure it has nothing to do with you not an affair wow this got weird already wow yep that'll become relevant later yeah (laughs) He also, just as a side note, like mm. during the interview, he made a meat dish for her and she's a vegetarian and he even talks about like, I know you're vegetarian, but I've made you a meat dish. And then they like eat this meal together and she only eats the potato. And then he's mm. like, oh, do you want to swap plates and I'll eat yours as well. Wow. Yeah. And then he takes her on a tour through St. George and, and makes a joke about how they would make a beautiful couple. Oh god! Promenading through town, yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. And like he knows that he's being recorded too. Yeah, it's all part of his charm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just plant that for later. Yep, that's good. Yep. <laughs> this is where it all gets a lot. Mm. In 2013, he moves to the House of Representatives. So. He doesn't want to work in the Senate anymore. He wants to be in the House of Reps and he actually moves house to do this. So he leaves Queensland, leaves St. George and moves back to Tamworth where he grew Mm -hmm. up in order to um, fight for the seat of New England. And you technically don't actually have to live in the seat that you represent, but obviously, especially in rural areas, you know, you're going to get called out for it if you don't. Yeah, it's it's like a completely different state as well. Mm. But he does that, and he wins. And then three years later, in 2016, he succeeds Warren Truss as the leader of the National Party, thus becoming the deputy prime minister to Malcolm Turnbull.
0: Mm. So he kind it's of always, yeah, with the LNP, yeah, that like so it's a Liberal Prime Minister. There'll be a National, yeah, yeah. deputy. Yeah, and that is an automatic position.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, so he kind of rises to that position pretty quickly, really. Mm. Like he's only in the House of Reps for three years and then he becomes the second most powerful person in Australia, Yeah, politically speaking.
0: Yeah, because there uh, aren't that many nationals, but if there was no coalition, like the Liberals couldn't be in power. So that's yeah, kind of why it's much. just like they need the nationals, therefore pretty it's much. always an automatic. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, without them they probably wouldn't have a majority mm. um, or even be able to form minority government. Yeah, So hence the coalition. And that's mm. that's federally and in some states and then in other states that is not the case. So in yeah, WA they're, in they're not states, a coalition, yeah. mm. which is why the Liberal Party technically doesn't exist as a formal funded party currently because they only have two people in their mm. government.
0: Yep. In Western Australia, but they did achieve gender parity. Which is great. Mm. in Western Um, Australia wild (laughs) yeah.
1: okay so Barnaby's views we're just going to run through the list so he is opposed to abortion and lobbied against safe zones which are the zones around um, termination clinics Mm. where people aren't allowed to protest he is against the party family first because he believes that they are the lunatic right and he says similar things about One Nation and stuff like that as well. So he does kind of draw a line when it comes to race sometimes, Mm. which is interesting. He's pro-medical cannabis and thinks that that is a good thing to do. He famously was opposed to same-sex marriage, saying, what we have to understand is that when we go there, there are judgments whether you like it or not, talking about going to Asia, that are made about us, whether they see us as decadent, he says, so he's like he made this weird argument that if we have same-sex marriage in Australia Asian countries will see us as decadent what and
0: does then that someone
1: mean? i know so one of the journalists follows up on this weird ramble and like directly tries to confirm that if he believes he what he believes and he goes you know do you believe that Asian countries would see Australia legalizing marriage equality as decadence and Joyce said I think in some instances they would, yes. So no, no, no further clarification, just? No. This is a pattern of his where he's like made a link to some kind of trade idea or mm. imports and exports and gone. It would be bad for that reason. And he believes it and he just. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's fun. He has called for um, more refugee intake, especially from Syria and the Middle East. Mm-hmm. However, he also thinks that we should prioritise people of Christian faith and not other faiths. Mm -hmm. Yep, complicated man. Um, He also believes that Christian schools can deny trans kids from attending. He believes that renewable energy causes supply problems and power shortages, and he's not a huge believer in climate change.
0: No, that he's not. Um, no. He also was very vocally against the, um, like, the HPV, like the cervical cancer vaccine, yeah. yep. saying that it would give, I remember reading this and I was like, what? Like, give young girls, like, make people promiscuous was his wording. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're going to have more sex Free if you reign. can't get sick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So that's- His very cause and effect, but with, like, a healthy dose of cognitive dissonance. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's really interesting um not values that i can get behind personally but no at least he's honest question mark I mean, raised eyebrows squinting ugh.
0: yeah medicinal cannabis <sighs> <laughs> yeah from that list yeah it's yeah look anyway mm.
1: on the 14th of august um in 2017 and now we've heard this tale before but i'm going to recap the deputy prime minister holds an emergency press conference so barnaby joyce holds a press conference saying that he might have new zealand citizenship <laughs> <sighs> this just comes up so often in our mm. stories um, but he's looking into it he's not sure <sighs> he says that he is not going to resign because it's not confirmed yet and he's going to wait for the high court to make a ruling so this mm. is within the time that a bunch of People, it started with Greens members and then um, some other members Mm. got called out for having dual citizenship. Yeah, and Malcolm Turnbull famously was like, oh, classic those guys, classic Mm. latte-sipping lefty Greens, and then it was literally Mm. his own Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce that was like, oops. Oh, no. The ridiculousness continues and basically one hour after the press conference, the New Zealand High Commission contacts him to let him know that he was a citizen by descent because his dad was born in fucking New Zealand. Mm. And that is the law, and we know that now. (sighs) Barnaby responds, (laughs) needless to say, I was shocked. I've always been an Australian citizen born in Tamworth, just as my mother and my great-grandmother was born there a hundred years earlier. Neither I nor my parents have ever had any reason to believe I was a citizen of any other country. A few hours later, the New Zealand government confirms that he's definitely a New Zealand citizen. Mm. On the 2nd of December 2017, um, Barnaby Joyce wins his by-election, so he did have to kind of step back and be re-elected to come in. But he wins and he comes back as Deputy Prime Minister. Really mostly unscathed for now. Mm. Like it was very embarrassing um, it wasn't good, but a lot of the yeah. damage was actually done to Turnbull and the government more broadly at the time because so many parties were
0: involved in mm. this. And, like, if you're already a colourful colourful character, as I'm going to yeah. phrase it, like Barnaby. It like it's just, classic a, a, Barnaby. A, you know, another order yeah. off a duck's back.
1: Yeah. But it does mean that all of those elections we spoke about earlier, those positions he had, he legally was not allowed mm. to have. Yeah. All of those views we listed. mm Shouldn't have come into any kind of policy writing. No. Anyway, five days later, he announces that he is separating from his wife. Mm. He comes back and he's like, we're breaking up just before Christmas. Early 2018, there was a famous back and forth between Barnaby and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean star Johnny Depp.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. At the time, his wife.
1: Um basically because Johnny Depp arrives on in his private jet in Queensland and he does not declare his two Yorkshire Terriers mm. boo-boo and pistol. Yeah. Yeah, which is very, very illegal mm. in Australia altogether, but especially in Queensland. Where yeah. there's huge biosecurity rules because mm. we have a unique biodiversity in Australia that we don't want to
0: ruin. Yeah. Oh look, you the dogs barking There is in the a background. dog barking in the background of mine. <laughs> yeah. He's heard. heard it. He's figured it out.
1: Like the dogs end up going to a grooming salon and that's how people find out. And this whole saga plays out and it becomes this international news story. Um, mm. okay. So Johnny Depp and his ex wife Amber Heard, wife at the time, um, film this video where they look like they're Hostages. being held for ransom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they kind of like share their grievances about this situation. And Barnaby Joyce fights back, going, "I will kill those dogs mm. if you let them loose. Like they're going to be killed as yeah. per the
0: law." And that's not when you, it's not an exaggeration when you say that. That's what he. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. He later tweeted two single words to -hmm. confirm that it had been sorted dogs gone. Wow. Yeah. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty intense behavior. Yeah. Mm. (sighs) On the 7th of February 2018, the Daily Telegraph prints this story Bundle of Joyce. Essentially,
0: what a headline.
1: Yeah essentially reporting that Joyce and his former staffer, Vicky Campion, were expecting a son together in April. Mm. Now, it was pretty big news, but it it was one of those well-known secrets, like people Mm. actually did know about this in the Canberra bubble. Even I, like me, (laughs) someone who reads a lot of stuff on Twitter, stumbled across these accusations a few months beforehand Um, because a couple of small independent newspapers and journalists had written about this, Mm. especially locally in the area where they worked and lived. Um, And so when it broke, it was kind of like, yep, like a lot of people already knew about it. Yeah. Yeah, but they they have this photo of her pregnant and it's Mm. front page and it's this huge thing. Three days later on the 10th of February during question time, um, this is brought up and he's basically ha- he's confronted by it and he he has to respond to the questions that are being asked. And he says, first and foremost, Tennessee of that of a close friend does not need to be declared at all. So basically his argument revolves around like just because we live together doesn't mean we had to disclose that. And okay, then he like okay. declares that he was living rent free with Vicky in a local businessman's apartment in Armadale, because, like, he's clearly mm. separated from his wife and yeah. had to move and she's clearly in a situation and they've just moved into this place. And his argument is, like, we didn't have to declare that. There's no rule that says we have to declare that. Mm. <laughs> and so that was his...
0: interpretation of the rules for politicians.
1: Yep, yeah, that was his argument. Mm. Um, there was also... He also, like in this weird roundabout way talks about this gray area because there was like a lot of time spent apart from each other during the potential dates of conception so he like also kind of throws under the bus a little bit being like well it might not be me yeah so that's fun three days after that on the 13th of feb um national colleague of the national party colleague of his matt canavan asks questions again and basically kind of you know holding Mm. him accountable and going this is about you giving Vicky jobs at your, like, a conflict of interest.
0: Mm. It is
1: inappropriate. We don't know how funding was used to facilitate this relationship of yours. It's a whole thing. Mm. On the 14th, the next day, some national party, like a group of national party members kind of try to collude and get him to resign and it doesn't work. The day after that, on the 15th, Malcolm Turnbull is forced to hold a press conference to address the issues and he announces that Joyce will be taking a week of leave. Mm. This is also when he famously announces the bonk ban, saying that ministers, whether they are married or single, must not engage with sexual relations with their staff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, firstly, the word bonk. (laughs) People don't uh, use it. Obviously, politicians use it. Like oh, that's grim, it's really the Canberra grim. bubble.
1: Yeah, bonks.
0: Oh, yeah. and just like the power imbalance and the fact that that wasn't already a rule. Yeah, that's entirely the point,
1: right? Mm. It's like a lot of people meet their partners in a place of work, but when there's a power imbalance, such as I'm one of the mm. most powerful people in Australia, yeah, and you are one of my dedicated staff members. Mm who work underneath me, that is problematic.
0: Yeah. It's just like. Especially when things that... are happening in the workplace, mm. physically. Yeah. And like yeah. if something happens, you have to declare it. And then like if you want to pursue a relationship as a politician with someone who's on your staff. But even that can have that
1: can have scary power imbalances too because then mm. the onus is on the person of lower status to move to another department and you never yeah. know. Like how long they've been working towards that job in that yeah. area, and so it's just like, how do you even address you? The only way mm. to address it is to go no, to be like, no, actually yeah. no. If mm. you want a relationship and you really are in love, you resign and you, you know, like sort it out. Yeah. Good God. Mm. Um. As a side note, it is actually later revealed quite recently, a couple of months ago, when they were talking about. Um, all the Britney Higgins stuff that has happened, mm. the allegations against Christian Porter. Uh, 7.30 did this amazing report, Laura Tingle, where she interviews women with working within the Canberra bubble mm. and it becomes apparent that that bonk ban that he announces, that Mor- uh, Turnbull announces during this time wasn't just to do with Barnaby Joyce mm. and this affair. Yeah. On the 16th, the following day, <laughs> Barnaby holds his own press conference publicly mm. and bites back at the Prime Minister saying the comments by the PM will cause further harm.
0: Okay. Which comments? Yeah. The the don't sleep with your yeah. employees?
1: Don't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. The bunk ban. Okay. Comments. Mm-hmm. Every time I say bunk ban, I Oof. feel Yuck. more dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I already feel pretty dead inside yeah. after this week. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, man. A couple of days later on the 19th, National MP Michael McCormack becomes the front runner to replace Barnaby Joyce Mm. as leader. The next day on the 20th, the ABC receives a phone call from Barnaby Joyce, and we don't find out about this until much later as well. Mm. But we now know that on the 20th, Barnaby made a call to the ABC And this is me quoting an article that the ABC have published about this. Politically, Joyce was already on the ropes, but he was fighting on and refusing to budge as Nationals leader. Joyce sounded stressed on the phone, saying he had been told there was another article coming out about him, arguing he deserved the right of reply, the right to defend himself. There was nothing in the works from the ABC, Mm. and he quickly hung up. Weeks later, it was the ABC calling and this time there was a story, but Joyce didn't respond.
0: Mm.
1: We will come back to that in a moment. The next day, on the 21st, Joyce fronts the media again and pleads them to move on and to respect his privacy. The next day, on the 22nd, Andrew Bard asks him to resign because at this stage he's only taken a week of leave. He hasn't actually resigned. Mm. The next day on the 23rd, the Daily Telegraph reports that on top of all of this, Joyce has been accused of sexual harassment by someone else. It turns out this is the story that Joyce called the ABC Mm. about. So he thought the ABC had the scoop, but actually the Daily Telegraph, and by doing that he outs himself to the The public broadcaster. Um also on the 23rd, Malcolm Turnbull is in Washington at the time and is interviewed by like a chunk of journalists. Like they just crowd him and they ask him about the leadership of Barnaby Joyce being the Deputy Prime Minister in the National Party and Turnbull says the leadership of the National Party is a matter for the National Party. Wow. So he's really just like, I wash my hands of mm. this. Fuck you guys, deal with it yourself. okay (laughs) yeah she's getting a bit sweary on this episode but Mm, uh i think that's fair this gives me a fire in my belly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh dear uh also that same day on the 23rd at 2 p.m barnaby joyce steps down and resigns Mm. (sighs) michael McCormack becomes deputy prime minister and leader of the national party yeah in April 2018, a few months later, Campion gives birth to their son Sebastian at Armadale Hospital in New South Wales. Joyce and Campion reportedly accept $150,000 for an exclusive interview on Channel 7, claiming that the money will go into a trust fund for their son Sebastian. The interview is interesting. Okay. Um They do talk about a lot of things. They definitely play the victim card. The ratings were nowhere near as high as Channel 7 probably hoped for paying Mm. that much money. It was like the 7th or 8th, ninth most popular thing that night after MasterChef and a bunch of other things, a David Attenborough documentary. (laughs) But they address a lot of the issues raised. They deny that funds had been used inappropriately for them to take any trips, that there was any kind of nepotism or conflict of interest. Joyce says that it wasn't so much the news of the baby that forced him to resign, but it was actual the sexual harassment claims. Mm. And he says, this is garbage. And the purpose of this, I believe, was to force me out of my job. They also imply that parliament asked Vicky to terminate the pregnancy. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, after this interview, denies that allegation. Mm. And he says that, yeah, he just he just says that, That just did not happen and that he did not know anything about that. Yeah. Mm. And then 2018 also in September, so a few months afterwards, rural advocate Catherine Marriott speaks out for the first time publicly and she is the woman that claims sexual harassment against Barnaby Joyce. Mm. She never wanted to be public but her name was leaked and since then she has spoken very publicly about it and has spoken about how it's important for her to be on the public record about this yeah, issue. Yeah, she
0: wanted it to be resolved within the party.
1: Yeah, and this is what happens. And so th- there is an internal investigation that happens, but the party finds it inconclusive.
0: Mm. So
1: they don't even say, you know, unequivocally without doubt, like, mm. he is innocent. They go, it's inconclusive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But she and then her name is leaked somehow.
1: Her name is leaked, yeah, probably probably by someone intentionally. Hmm. Um, so then after this, she goes on the seven thirty report, and she says that she was terrified about the complaint. She says, "quote He was a very popular um, ag minister at the time, and I didn't. I was. I'm just a little human against a big system, and I was terrified." She has never described the incident in detail publicly saying that she doesn't want to be defined by it, mm. but she struggled over with to make a complaint. But ultimately quote, um, she rang two of, I I rang two of my closest friends and I told them what had happened. And they said that they couldn't believe they were absolutely shocked. And they said, you can't tell anyone you cannot tell anyone you'll be destroyed if this comes out. But then as time passes and the me too movement happens, and she sees what happens with Vicky Campion and and this, you know, bonk band that comes out, Mm. she feels really compelled to talk about it publicly.
0: And because she's, like, a a rural, like, advocate for rural people, so it's also she wants to keep doing the work that she's doing.
1: Yes. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: she's a public Mm. figure and she, you know, she's working in a worthwhile cause and wants Mm. to keep doing that. Um, Yeah. She's going to address things that have been leaked about her, mm. you know, and even if they hadn't been leaked, like the National Party would have connections and, you know, inter- interlocking relationships with all kinds of people who work in rural advocacy mm. and so surely the rumour mill would have mm. dragged her name through the dirt anyway. Like you just yeah. kind of end up in the situation where she has mm. to say something. Yeah, <sighs> Yeah. On June 1st, 2019, they have a second son, Thomas, who was born in Armidale, where they live. Mm -hmm. And then mid-June 2021, a few things happen. Yep. Which is fun. (laughs) For the record, we are recording this on the 2nd of July 2021. (laughs) Mid-June, Scott Morrison, the current Prime Minister who replaced Malcolm Turnbull, is in the UK As part of the G7 summit, and it's a pretty big deal because we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm. Our borders are closed. Politicians are very, very, very rarely travelling. You know, this is his first big international trip, Mm. like a big one, um, in 18 months or nearly two years or whatever. And while attending, a whole heap of things happen. Like when Scotty's away, the boys will play. Mm. Like the national party goes loose. And so as per our constitution and our rules, when the Prime Minister is where the Deputy Prime Minister steps in to that position and they facilitate question time, Um, they are basically the Commander-in-Chief, you know, quote-unquote, but they still would obviously be on the phone with Morrison. But, yeah, which so Michael McCormack is basically in charge. During his time at the G7, Morrison um, talks about how Australia – will move to net zero emissions and how there's a new energy economy coming. So he talks about this pledge to reach net zero by 2050. Mm. However, back here in Australia, there are people in the National Party publicly disputing this decision, saying that they have not been consulted on this whatsoever, notably Resources Minister Keith Pitt, and they complain The prime minister's like running around publicly internationally making these promises Mm. that have not been signed off by the national party whatsoever. They also argue that adopting a net zero emission target would absolutely cause damage to industries and regional communities and is not government policy. (sighs) Well. Yeah. And these people, these ministers, as well as some backbenchers, use this to target Michael McCormack and they Mm. basically criticise him for not, quote, extracting enough from the Prime Minister in relation to the net zero emissions target. So -hmm. they're basically saying, like, you are not cutting through and you're not representing the National Party's interests enough. You're being too soft and too much of a pushover and we don't agree with that. Also during this time, from May to June 2021, the Murraguppans or the Biloela families known Mm. in the media – Priya, um, Nades, notice Copy, and their three-year-old sister, Thanaka, become even more prevalent than they already mm-hmm. have. They are one of the most well-known um, asylum seeker families in Australia. And during mm-hmm. this time, the young daughter becomes really, really sick. So they are being held in offshore detention. She becomes really sick and she has to be flown into Perth to receive medical treatment.
0: Yeah, she has sepsis from... yeah. Like dangerous, or unwell. Pneumonia, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, really unwell. And this kind of reignites this debate mm. as well. Scott Morrison is away, so he kind of handballs to Michael McCormick to have to comment
0: mm. on it,
1: which is a very interesting position for him to be in as a National Party member. And essentially, this public feud sparks up between Joyce, Barnaby Joyce, Mm. And Michael McCormack, because Barnaby Joyce is opposed to them being in offshore detention and says that they should probably be in Billerica or be in Australia. He says the two girls didn't buy their tickets and have a right to stay in Australia, despite what the allegations might be about their parents. And so his argument is like, again, it's this weird layered argument where mm. he's like, oh, the parents kind of did the wrong thing, but in his beliefs, mm. but the kids the kids shouldn't have to suffer those consequences. And he famously says maybe if their names were Jane and Sally, we'd think twice about sending them back to another country which they're not from. Mm. And this really undermines what Michael McCormack says, which is we don't want to give any encouragement to people smugglers to start their vile trade again. And so that's been the opposition. But look, we're a very humanitarian government. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. June 15th, 2021, Michael McCormack says, and this goes viral in question time, I'd much rather live in Australia than anywhere else in the nation (laughs) in response to, I think that's like the COVID vaccination Mm. rollout and how slow it is. June 2016, 2021, he suggests that the nation's mice plague should be rehomed in the inner city apartments of animal activists where they can scratch their children at night.
0: Wow, I missed that one.
1: Yeah, pretty cooked. And people are just starting to be like, what is going on with this man and like Barnaby and it all blows up. And then these rumours around a leadership spill Mm. begin to surface. June 21st, 2021, in an interview between Ben Fordham and Scott Morrison, Fordham asks um, in relation to Michael McCormick, he's been running the country while you're away and there are some in the National Party who want him to move on. Are you happy with Michael McCormick's performance as national party leader? And ScoMo says, absolutely. I've got a wonderful partnership with Michael. We've worked very hard, very closely together and provided great stable leadership for Australia. I mean, we've got a lot to do in parliament this week. And they did have a lot to do that week because the spill occurred later (laughs) that same day. So Scotty's back, but he's in um, isolation in mm. Kiribati. And so he can't actually be at parliament. Like he has to zoom in yeah, in this like budget Orwellian mm. TV situation. And so during this time, um, like question time is happening and we all know a leadership spill is going to happen sometime this day, but they still have to go to question time in the morning.
0: Mm.
1: And so they have to do their jobs. And during this time, Nationals MP, Dr. Ann Webster, speaks mm. and she says that she does not believe Barnaby Joyce should be a good replacement, specifically her concerns around, around women and what they think of him. Yeah. And she says, I've had people write to me about this, of course, and some would be very unimpressed. There are issues for Barnaby Joyce. Should a change occur, that would be for him to sort through. So basically she's mm. saying he's going to have to work on his shit. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt Canavan calls for a spill anyway, a guy who famously, like, called him out the other time Mm. anyway. Canavan's chaotic, so. Yeah, they're all chaotic, like everyone in this story. Mm. A vote is conducted and Barnaby wins. (laughs) Opposition leader Anthony Albanese takes aim, of course, Mm. and he's criticising them for distracting from the vaccination rollout. And he's like, now instead of rolling out the vaccine to Australian people... They're just concentrated on rolling each other. Uh,
0: Classic. That's good. He makes a point.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, and then McCormack says, I'm still the deputy PM and I still have to take that chair in question time because essentially he's been kicked out mm. as leader but he can't be sworn in because... Scotty's at home isolating and this is, like, (laughs) in the middle of a work day. Mm. So they've basically had lunch, done a leadership spill and gone back to work, Yeah, like, the equivalent of that. Mm. And then they go back to work and he has to be the deputy prime minister and sit in Scott Morrison's chair as prime minister. Mm. So it's just absurd. So then question time happens and, like, Scotty's zooming in like some weirdo. (laughs) McCormack's still in Scotty's chair and Barnaby's still in his chair Mm, even though he's like I'm coming for you yeah (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) and then during question time like a series of hilarious things happen and like McCormack has he's speaking about statistics and he's like talking about these figures to do with something and he says I have numbers to read to the House. Numbers have not been my friend today, but these numbers are very enlightening.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah.
1: Um, Greg Hunt was heckled by the opposition as he referred to the Deputy Prime Minister as some Labor MPs called out,
0: which one?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They got told off by the Speaker.
0: Yeah, the Speaker, he's really been trying um, oh, it's so hard to rein him in.
1: Yeah, stupid. Mm. Oh man.
0: And then ending his
1: final question time speech, um, McCormack says, K Sarah Sarah," <laughs> and then everyone starts applauding on both sides. They like clap him out, which is which rarely happens. That's just weird. Yeah, I think everyone was just acknowledging, like, "Oh, you've had a shit day, yeah, and you've had, had to a- come back." And just mm. and you've been mostly diplomatic about yeah. it. Mm. And Barnaby's just sitting behind you yeah. on his deck chair, this <laughs> camping chair. <laughs> <coughs> Eleven days later, on the twenty second of June, twenty twenty one, Barnaby Joyce is sworn in. Vicky Campion and their kids keep him company, mm-hmm. while Scotty hovers overhead <laughs> on his TV screen. <laughs> We should share these images as well. They're quite funny. And the ones where he's like pushing his kids out of the photo. It's very funny. From the 24th to the 26th of June, kind of across several days, New South Wales becomes increasingly more locked down and restricted Mm. due to an outbreak of the COVID-19 Delta variant. Face marks become mandatory. The 28th of June, (laughs) Barnaby Joyce is accused of fueling, you know, the country city divides when he's talking about Melbourne and their mm. pandemic. And he says, "I couldn't really give a shit." Um. He also says, "You can almost smell the burning flesh from here." What? Yeah.
0: Wow! I saw I multiple- Couldn't give a shit one, yeah. but I didn't.
1: Yeah. Wow. Multiple journalists have tried to unpack what he mm. means by that, and everyone's like, "We don't know." No. We don't know what he's talking about. The next day, the 29th of June, Barnaby Joyce is fined $200 for not wearing a face mask.
0: Oh, there's because someone, he <sighs> was in Armidale, he was yep. at a service station. Yeah. And someone saw him and yep. called Crime Stoppers. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you love, ah, oh, it's really yeah. great.
1: And Barnaby outs
0: himself. Mm.
1: Himself. Talking to Alan Jones. He goes, like, the, Alan Jones is trying to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, no one noticed straight away. going on I'm, and on and yeah. on. No, because it's Alan Jones. Mm. It's going on and on and on. And he's like, the other day, you like this story. I went into the Celtic service station, blah, 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 blah. And then he basically says, like, went in 30 seconds later, 200 bucks it cost me because I didn't wear one of these. And then he's, like, dangling his face mask. So he's not even wearing it in the – and then he says, but that's life. Mm. Yeah, he was fined $200 and the police did confirm that they fined a 50-year-old man for not wearing yeah. a face mask
0: in mm. Armadale. From a Crime Stoppers tip. Yeah. Someone got to call up and say, hey, I've just seen Barnaby Joyce without a face mask on in- indoors. Yeah. So it means they recognised him. Yep. And then they made a call. Yeah. And good on him. So where does this leave us now, Jessica? Um, that's a good question for the nation, I think.
1: Yeah. We've had three prime, prime ministers and four deputy prime ministers since 2013 mm. in
0: various combinations. Okay. They've just shuffled shuffled the deck around.
1: Yep, yeah. Seven different leadership positions, mm. <sighs> which is a lot. It um, is a lot. We're also in a situation where you know, this person has mm. a sexual sexual harassment case oh, against him. is is he
0: him. on some kind of women's panel now? Yeah, they all are though now. They all, he's part of the advisory. Because it's a, the one that they've, it's a new one because of all yeah. the, the, you yeah. know, allegations into the general culture that he's. Yeah, and half of them are men who yeah. are
1: on the list of people that are mm. problematic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and this is within the context of everything that's happened in the last eight months. Mm-hmm. Brittany Higgins, Christian Porter, many other allegations and cases. More things are coming up. Yeah. Every week, pretty much. You know, that they're not getting as much airtime because it's like COVID's really taken over the mm. news cycle. Yeah. But it's it's a lot. And and mm. the other implication is what it will have on our climate policy and our energy reduction schemes. Um Net Zero by twenty fifty is considered quite a conservative target by lots yeah. of Um, developed nations around Mm. the world. So to even lower that would be significant and would affect our international diplomacy, especially with places like the United States with Joe Biden in at the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's going to be a weird time and we'll just have to see what happens at the next election as well, which will be within six to 10 months. Mm. Um, Yeah. And that is the rise, fall and rise and babies, and chairs, chairs of Barnaby Joyce. Yeah.
0: Tractors are up.
1: Yeah. Rewatching that Kitchen Cabinet episode this morning mm. and seeing him make jokes about her baby was like, ah. Yeah. That's. Like they didn't know, but it's just there. Mm. It's just
0: there. It's also just completely inappropriate.
1: Oh, yeah. She's, mm. Yeah. She does a very good job handling the situation, mm. as she does, but.
0: Cool. You want to tell me your sources?
1: Sure. 7.30, Kitchen Cabinet, BuzzFeed News, Wikipedia, Bendigo Advertiser, The Guardian, The ABC News, news News.com and BarnabyJoyce.com.
0: As always, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Australianorama or you can chuck us an email to Australianorama at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And yeah, we release episodes every Monday for the most part. Um, and next week, <laughs> <laughs> except for that one week where we miss, next week I will be telling Maddie and you all about Pedigarang. And she was a really cool Camaragel woman from like early invasion time, so 1790s. Um, See you there. Yeah. <laughs>